Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa khususan ala sayyidi rasuli wa khatim al-anbiya wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya amma ba'd One of the great scholars and imams of qira'ah in our tradition is an individual by the name of Abu Umara Imam Hamza bin Habib al-Zayyat his name was Imam Hamza Az-Zayyat or Imam Hamza bin Habib Az-Zayyat. This name that he had Az-Zayyat is fascinating because he was given this name due to his business in Zayt. He would purchase it from Kufa and take it to Hulwan. And then he would take Jibun and Joes. Basically, he was in the whole import-export business. He would buy olives from here and then he would buy, you know, some almonds from there, take it from one place to another place. So he was given this name, Az-Zayyat. Among his peers, he was known for being the person that had a mastery and a very special relationship with the Qur'an. He had read the entire Qur'an with the great scholars of the time, not one, but many of them, and spent his life in teaching people the Qur'an and connecting the ummah to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was very particular. They say regarding him that once he asked someone for a cup of water and the person gave him water and then when he saw that person's face, he asked him, have you studied the Qur'an with me? The person said, yes. So then he said, I won't take water from you. And the reason why he didn't take water from him because he did not want that person to have to pay him back in any way at all, compensate him in even the smallest way for teaching the Qur'an. This was a generation of people who took the, their engagement with the Qur'an so seriously. One time a person came to one of my teachers uh, and he said to him, that Shaykh, being an Imam, financially we tend to struggle when you have kids and family, when life goes on. All your peers and everyone around you is earning a particular amount. 
and then you turn to yourself and you realize that your fraternity of imams and scholars have a very low ceiling of financial growth above them. So my teacher, he was asking the sheikh for some solution. How do we solve this problem? So obviously there are many answers and the community should look up for their community leaders and people should provide for their imams and help them and support their families. But in that moment, my sheikh said to this person, you signed up for this life. You signed up for this life of serving the deen. Now you have to see it through right till the end. The family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam also did sabr. They were patient. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded them in this world and will reward them greatly in the hereafter for their patience while serving the deen, enduring the sacrifice. He was respected by his peers. They would say that the people of Kufa are in safety as long as Hamza al-Zayyat lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment will not descend on a people that a man like this lives in. One of his students, Salim bin Isa, says, دَخَلْتُ عَلَى حَمْزَةَ بْنَ حَبِيبِ الزَّيَّاتِ فَوَجَدْتُهُ يُمَرِّغُ خَدَّيْهِ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَيَبْكِي That one day I came to visit this great imam of Qira'ah, this teacher of mine, and I found him just kind of rubbing his face into the ground and he was crying. So, فَقُلْتُ أُعِيذُكَ بِاللَّهِ He said to his, you know, his teacher, you know, have some mercy on yourself. I put you in Allah's protection. What are you doing? So then Hamza bin Habib al-Zayyat responds to him, I saw a dream last night. And in my dream, it was as if the day of judgment had occurred. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called forward the reciters of the Qur'an. So I was there, and I came forward. Someone then said in a very soft, sweet voice, لا يدخل عليا إلا من عمل بالقرآن Only that person should step forward who has acted upon the Qur'an, not just those who memorized it. The rest of you go back. فرجعت القهقرة Said I moved back a little bit. I knew my place and I unfortunately had not fulfilled the haqq of the Qur'an. So I took a step back. فَهَتَفَ بِإِسْمِي My name was called out. Ya Hamza, where are you going? Step forward again. فَقُلْتُ لَبَّيْكْ دَعِيَ اللَّهِ I'm here. And he said, I move forward a little bit. Then he said, an angel came in my dream and he فَأَدْخَلَنِي دَارًا فَسَمِعْتُ فِيهَا ضَجِيجَ الْقُرْآنِ I was put into a home and I can hear people reading, softly reading the Qur'an. In that moment, he says, I was very terrified. I was terrified. What's going on here? It's a day of judgment. All these people are here. I'm not worthy of being in this room, in this place. I have not fulfilled the haqq of the Qur'an. Yet an angel is pushing me forward. So he felt you know, a little worried. What's going on? So someone said to him, فَسَمِعْتُ قَائِلًا يَقُولْ لَا بَأْسَ عَلَيْكَ إِرْقَى وَقْرَى Someone said to me, take it easy, relax. Read the Qur'an and elevate. فَأَدَرْتُ wajhi. I turned my face and in front of me was this beautiful pulpit covered in all sorts of ornaments and diamonds and yaqut and you know, expensive uh, and valuable precious stones, beautiful mimbar. And I was told again, read and rise. 
And then the person who said this to me said, Iqra Surah Al-An'am. Read Surah Al-An'am. فَقْرَأْتُ وَأَنَا لَا أَدْرِي عَلَى مَنْ أَقْرَأْ I started reading, I had no idea who I was reading to, I was told to read. And in his dream it's a day of judgment, so you just hush. You start reading. I started reading. I had no idea who I was reading to. I finished off 60 verses. And I read the ayah. That he is the one that reigns supreme over his servants. He is the one, Allah who reigns supreme over his creation. So then the voice said to me, O Hamza, do I not reign supreme over my servants? So at that moment he realized who he was reading Quran to. Of course. He said, you have spoken the truth. Iqra, keep reading. فَقَرَأْتُ حَتَّى خَتَمْتُهَا ثُمَّ قَالَ لِي إِقْرَأْ He finished off the whole surah. And then I was told, read, فَقَرَأْتُ الْأَعْرَافِ I read the following surah. حَتَّى بَلَغْتُ آخِرَهَا I came to the end of it. There is an ayah to sajda there. So he was getting ready to prostrate. فَأُمَأْتُ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ بِالسُّجُودِ فَقَالَ لِي حَسْبُكَ مَا مَضَى لَا تَسْجُدْ يَا حَمْزَ That sajda for a recitation of the Qur'an was in the dunya. We're past that now. So stand still. So then he says, the voice said to me, Man Who taught you to read Quran like this? Sulaiman. He said, my teacher, Sulaiman. Sulaiman. Yes, you spoke the truth. Who taught Sulaiman to read? Yahya. His teacher, Yahya. Now tell me, who did Yahya read to? He read to Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami. Abu Abdurrahman Man Aba Abdurrahman. So now tell me who taught him to read. Fakultu Ibn Ami Nabiyika Ali, the cousin of your Prophet Ali radiallahu Ali. Allah said that Ali spoke the truth. Waman Akra'a Aliyan, and who taught Ali? Qultu Nabiyuka Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa your prophet taught him. Qala wa man aqra'a nabiyyi. So now tell me who taught my prophet. Qultu Jibreel alayhi salam. I said Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam. Wa man aqra'a Jibreel. Who taught Jibreel to read the Quran. Fasakattu. I couldn't speak in that moment anymore. How does a person address Allah? Allah said to me, Ya Hamza, qul anta. O Hamza, say you. Ma ana qul. He said that in my heart I didn't have the courage to say it, but since I was told, qul tu anta. Qala sadaqta ya Hamza. And by, Allah said, I, uh, you spoke the truth, O Hamza, and I'm by the right that the Quran has. I will honor the Quran. I will honor the people of the Quran, la sima ida amilu bil Quran, as long as they act upon it. O Hamza, 
Ya Hamza, Al-Qur'anu kalami. The Qur'an is my kalam. Wa ma ahabu ahadan kahubbi ahlil Qur'an. And there is no one that I love like the people of the Qur'an. Udnu ya Hamza. Come close. Fadanautu. Fadhamakhani bil ghali. Allah Azza wa Jal endowed upon him this beautiful fragrance. And then Allah said, لَيْسَ أَفْعَلُ بِكَ وَحْدَكْتَ This, what I am offering you today, is not only for you. قَدْ فَعَلْتُ ذَاكَ بِنَظَرَائِكَ مِمَّنْ فَوْقَقَ وَمِنْ دُونَكَ That Allah, will, Allah says, I will do this for anyone that connects with the Qur'an. Before you, after you, above you, beneath you. So, Hamza Az-Zayyat, it's a long narration. And he wraps up by saying, that So now you blame me for crying? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored me in this dream of mine in a way that's beyond words. All for what? For someone who did not even fulfill the haq of the Qur'an. And naturally he is one of the imams and great scholars. Now we turn to ourselves for a moment and ask ourselves, where are we in terms of our relationship with the Qur'an? يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا Abandon the Qur'an. What does it mean to act upon the Qur'an? That statement means nothing to 90% of us because how can we act upon something that we don't even know what it's saying to us? We've taken no time to reflect on its meaning and engage with its verses. A Christian can cite more verses of the Bible than a Muslim can of the Qur'an. وَيَا حَسْرَةً How shameful is that? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us Al-Kitabu la rayba fihi A book with no doubt in it at all Hudan lil-muttaqeen Guidance for the righteous For those that are conscious Those that fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Those that love Allah This book is guidance for them Yet the people of the Qur'an left it As we live with the righteous in this month of Ramadan The one thing I'd like to focus is that these people Were committed in their devotion to Allah And there is no righteousness Without belief in Allah, in the purest belief, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. There is no belief, there is no righteousness, there is no wilaya without iman. And an iman al-khalis, it has to be pure iman without any diluting at all. And number two, you must have a relationship with revelation. Without a ta'alluq with the Qur'an, you still have a long journey ahead of you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to build a relationship with the Qur'an. Sit with it, my friends. This statement, this dua that you're going to hear from the mimbars in your life, Allah allows us to build a relationship with the Qur'an, will mean nothing until you finally sit with it. Pick up a copy of the Qur'an. And don't view it as a book. View it as a friend that you have abandoned for a long time that I'm here, buddy. Your friend will be with you when you go in the car. You can't be more committed to your wallet than your friend. Why does, your, why does your wallet make it with you everywhere you go, yet the Qur'an doesn't go anywhere? Why? It's not fair. What is your phone going to give you that the Qur'an can't? And I don't mean to be oversimplistic. I understand that our phones are our lifeline of communication. But why can't the Qur'an be with us? Just as when we leave the house, we grab our keys. When we leave the house, we grab our shoes. When we leave the house, we know these are things that we need. I can't leave the house barefoot. People are going to think I'm an outright idiot. So why, can I, why should I leave the Qur'an without my mushaf? When I'm sitting at my desk at work, why is there not a copy of the mushaf there? 
Why is the Quran not with me everywhere I'm going? And when I have a little break, open it up and continue your journey in studying the Quran. Read its translation, reflect on it. And if you come to a place where you're not sure what it means, stop. Don't over-engage. Go to a scholar and get clarification. Yet continue down that journey. And then and only then will this dua ever mean anything in your life. Oh Allah, allow us to act upon the Quran. Before that, it won't mean anything. Before that, it's just another empty statement. You will need to build a relationship with your friend. And then you will learn how to be loyal to your friend. وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته